Now you're listening into Paul's Unscripted Podcast. Ah, okay, okay, guys, welcome back to Paul's Unscripted Podcast, and today we're going to have a guest named I call Skandar, and I just want to say this dude is one of the most resilient guy that I've ever known, ah. and his life story is quite quite a heartbreak and. It's inspiration how he get through it, and yeah, bro. Tell 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 us your story, man. And how did you hey. handle the death of two of your loved ones? It's quite it's quite deep topic and it's quite green, but yeah. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> how where do I start? Yeah. Um. You know. So the topic today is dealing with grief, right? Dealing with yeah. grievance. Is that it? Grief. Yeah, handling grief. Um, first of all, before I start, I would like to say that my story might not be a story for everyone, but for for the right person, it might be a lesson. That's all, you know. <sighs> and it might be a lesson to all also, if you know, you just kept an open mind and listen. Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right. <clears throat> so where do I start? Yeah. Um, dealing with grief. So my story starts in 2017. Um, my dad passed away in 2017, and it was really a shocking moment because it came without notice. No one's no one's equipped for for grief, you know, uh, mm, for sure. for death of a family member, especially when it comes to a patriarchy family family, um, especially when your father is the breadwinner of the family, you know. Um. So, I'm the eldest child of out of four siblings, and ever since birth, I've been groomed by my dad on being a family leader. And I'm telling you guys, even though being a family leader, there's nothing. No matter how much leadership, uh, leadership lessons that you go through, you are still not prepared for the loss of a family leader. For a father, I was just twenty. I'm twenty-three. Uh, I was just about nineteen or twenty years old, around there. So losing losing a father at the age of twenty, the only breadwinner of the family, was a big hit to me, and the rest of the family. So this is the moment where you have to be really strong, and it's also the most confusing moment of time, the most confusing time ever in your life, because. You have to think a lot of things, like how is your family going to survive? You know, mm. um, what are we going to do after this? Um, Debts and all. So yeah, a lot of things to think. And then um, the grievance with the whole family grieving because my dad is is a well respected people in his in our in our family circle, right? So he's like the the elder in my family. So everyone looked up to him. Now there's a void in this place right now. Who is the next the next family leader? You know. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing also. And then fast forward about last year, I lost my brother, my young brother. My he he just finished SPM about a week after SPM. He passed away again. Due to sudden death, okay, he was playing rugby, 
and then during a moment of warm up he collapsed out of the blue was it a heart brother, attack sorry was it a heart attack it's not a heart attack it's um gastric gastrical what do you call it eh? uh gastric lining dipecah oh i mean oh. he has gastric yeah all of a sudden we didn't know he has gastric okay we didn't know but then it just happened the hmm. his whole stomach exploded inside him because uh the acid the acid level inside his stomach is high so hmm. it penetrate through the stomach lining lah and hmm. float out into the rest of the organs crossing corrosive yeah it's corrosive so until today uh i'm still dealing with grief recovering because the death of a father and the death of a brother hits very different you know it hits different differently hmm. so yeah <coughs> when the death of your father it leave as you said it leave like quite a huge void in your family and 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 you take up the responsibility of family day at quite early age a quite early yeah. age i might say and it's when we're 20s and we're still now uh we're yeah. mostly think about girls and and doing fun things with friends and you know doing stupid things and having fun and not really not really dawn upon the responsibility that we're going to have um to take care of the family basically the and the funny thing is when you're dealing when i'm dealing with grief i would say each person's uh experience is different yeah. up till this point i've never met a person who at the age of 20 lost a father and at the age of 22 lost no, a brother yeah. okay i've never met someone who's like me mm-hmm. okay some people yeah sure i have a friend whose father passed away when he was a very young age and his memory of his father was very vivid so when i asked him can you relate with me or not and then he said i can't because I didn't even know my dad. So mm. I don't have that familial relationship with my father who's mm. absent for about the rest of my life up until now. Unless so I think your pain is much more deeper than me because you had a chance to grow up with your with your father and all. And then the deal and then the loss of your brother also, you know, a brother who's really close to you. So yes, what you say is really true. Taking up the 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 responsibility at an early age, you miss a lot of things and you have to sacrifice a lot of things. So, <clears throat> I how to say this? Eh? I can I cannot say that I regret that I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. I tried to make time actually to hang out with friends, but it's very limited, you know. Mm-hmm. And then it's because of that thing, that huge amount of pressure of responsibility that's been placed upon your shoulder. Mm. is what's actually making you more hard to grieve you know for you to really really recover that fast up until now my friend has asked me are you still over the fact that your dad passed away no i'm not but you have to be strong about it okay and right now who's who, who's the breadwinner of your family is it your mom or um or you guys make business out of it or what Yeah, we. I'm currently doing my business also. Uh, also yeah, you can promote it if you want. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> so if anyone wants to drink character, so yeah, I'm selling it one set. You get, <laughs> you know, I'll just, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just promote it later on, and we promote it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Back to the story. Yeah, back to the story. And then, as you said, uh, a lot of people my age is trying to find love and all. Now, the thing about love, right? It ro- it also hits really hard for me because, as I said earlier, when when my dad passed away, it's a re- it was a really confusing time for me mm. because I was also having a love issue back then. Okay, so all of these things, all of the hard things that's affecting someone in their life, are all I'm experiencing it all heartbreaks, the death of a parent, the death of a brother, and then studies and all. It's all affected. Up yeah. until this point, and it's it's shaping me to to this lah today. It's really, really, it's really, really hard, you know. It's really hard because in the in the span of my dad passing away up until now, I've had what a few multiple heartbreaks, and it's really hard for me to find love because you have a responsibility back at home, and not a lot of people my age, our age, understand that. Mm. Okay, yeah. if a lot of my friends they find love. For a fling. Yeah, true. There's a lot of them out there. So, I want to find love for something more than that, of course, right? But it's really hard for me to stay committed at this old at those early times because I had I had to spend a lot of time with my family, you know, because I'm basically I'm basically the leader of my family now, right? So, I cannot give one hundred percent towards a girl. And then she will end up like, why aren't you giving me 100% of your time? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't. Mm. I have a family to take care of, you know. Mm. So it's really hard for me to find love. And yeah. it's really hard for me to go lepa and all. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah, it's hard to find somebody that's very understanding of our, of your yeah. situation, I guess. Because yeah, it's yeah. when people like go and go into a relationship, they, they expect that. The significant other would spend most of their time caring and giving attention to them. So yeah, it's quite a hard, quite a hard thing for you, man. Yeah. Damn, a hard life at the start of like yeah. 20 years old, and then and you was the imam of your dad's funeral, right? And yeah, yeah, and, I was. And I, 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 I read the the post that you that you wrote um in Insta and. Yeah, uh, it hits me quite hard actually. Uh, the question of what if, yeah, that really sticks in my mind quite quite strong, man. And yeah, there there was quite a wisdom. It, you know, if one thing that my dad has, uh, that I still remember my dad is that he was a really he was a really a wise man, and he would regularly told me things like, uh, he would advise me regularly on how to navigate life. Okay. But I would take that for granted because I was kind of a rebel kid back in the days because I felt like my life was 100% being controlled by my parents. Yeah, we. But all then knew. only then I knew after his loss, I felt like damn. I wish I could have been controlled more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you wish you were like more focusing, right? Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He could say that because in every in every action that he took. 
that he took in front of me in every in every every word that came out of his mouth towards me is actually a word of wisdom. Mm. Okay, every time there's a family meeting, I will sit there and watch. If I had paid more attention and I will see how this man navigate his his life through leadership and all, mm. and then I'm like, huh, how dumb of me for not paying attention. So yeah. kids, listen to your dad, okay? okay. <laughs> All right. Um, regarding the the being imam for for the funeral of my dad, right? It was actually I had no idea how to become an imam at that time. Mm. How to become an imam for funeral prayer, lah? Mm. Right for salat jenazah. Luckily, at the hospital, I uh on his death. All right. I became imam on two occasion, one at the hospital, the other one at uh bef- at the masjid before at the masjid where his body is buried, mm. the graveyard. Yeah. Mm. So, the first one at the ma- at the hospital at the morgue, I have no freaking idea what I'm doing. Mm. Okay. I actually I wanted to put aside on not being an imam. I wanted to give the hospital staff to become an imam, but then luckily one of my cousins he pulled me mm. aside, and then he asked me, "Abang Long, do you want to become an imam or not?" I'm telling you this: you better jadi imam. You better become an imam. Why? Mm. Because this is the last time that you are ever going to that you ever going to send your that that you ever going to. Pray for your father, mm. because after this you have no more father. Yeah. After this, even if you become an imam for some for somebody else uh, funeral prayer, it's not gonna hit hard, right? Yeah. Because it's not your father. But this time it's your father, and I'm like, okay, sure, I'll 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 become the imam. Mm. Instantaneously, I just say that without even thinking. What if? What if I don't know what will happen? But mm. luckily, in front of the, in front of the, the the walls in front of me, there's a macam panduan lah. Okay, there's a guide on how to perform uh, funeral prayer, and I just followed there, followed it bit by bit for 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 takbir. Okay, now regarding the what if, that actually true. That's actually true. You know, because the first takbir, I still remember it back. The first takbir is the what if, what if he was alive, that he will see me graduate. Mm. The second takbir, what if he was still alive, he will give me an advice, pull uh pull me to the side before a wedding, which is my wedding, and then he will give me one of his advice about, son, this is the girl that you're going to marry. Blah mm. blah 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then the first, uh, the third takbe is when he held his first cucu, his first grandchildren, which is my son or my daughter, my children lah, yeah. hypothetically. Okay, yeah. that is the third what if, and then the fourth takbe, the last and final takbe. That's the one. That's the reality. That that's the reality. God hitting you with the hammer. The reality hammer. Damn. He's in front of you, lifeless. Wrap inside a white cloth. This kind of moment of acceptance, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and and the thing is, I'm not, I'm no longer burdened with the what if until this day because I think this is the revelation from Allah also. 
that mm. he meant to show me that he wanted to give me comfort in another in the what if that he showed me in the first second and third takbir that if it were to happen it would be a good thing the fourth mm. one he wanted to show me that this is the path that i have given you and i'm like thank you god thank you for showing me those visions and i'm okay with my dad going away mm. Mm, that's the, the that's kind of the hardest thing of people when dealing with grief right accepting yes accept acceptance yeah so when uh, upon entering the fourth takbir the fourth final takbir when i saw when i opened my eyes you know after all of those visions and after all of those visions the fourth takbir when i saw him in front of me lifeless wrapped in white cloth and all i'm not going to lie to you man this whole face is all swollen with tears and yeah, the, the flat kids are open yeah yeah exactly so yeah after 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 finishing the whole prayer i turn around and i think it's quite uncommon for for any funeral uh for any funeral prayer to end with this i just said to the crowd it was a huge crowd okay because all mm. of my dad's friends from all walks of life came this one is in the masjid right no oh. no this one's in the hospital hospital oh wow okay the hospital was full with my friend uh, my my dad's friend the same as in the masjid it was full it shows it shows a lot of like what he's a person he was like back in the days a lot of people remember him yeah he's he's a really great person because he likes to help people yeah <clears throat> and then uh, i said to the crowd Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and uh, good evening. First of all, I would like to say thank you very much for coming to my dad's uh, funeral. So here lies Azlan Zainabidin. I would like just to say that he was a good man. He was a really extending, extending father. He was a wise, wise human being and I am grateful my whole family is very grateful that a lot of you has come here. And yeah, thank you very much. Alfatia. It was really it was just instantaneously you know it was random. I didn't I didn't even come up with that thing. It just came out of me from nowhere. Hmm. Probably that's the emotion that you feel like during like after the yeah true and then it was a lot of new things to me also because afterwards i had to deal with okay how we going to transfer him back to kedah and now mm. a lot of the paperwork even though during my dad passed away i just help it but due to that experience when my brother passed away i handled it 100% mm. <coughs> Yeah, that's another experience that not a lot of people in my age know how to handle. Yeah, right? true, true. I- I'm taken aback from your story, man. Was it's such a? I bet, I bet it's such a huge shock for you on on the day that he died. And was it a sudden death or or what? What happened? Uh, initially it stemmed from food poisoning. Okay, mm. my dad. My dad uh, had 
like a celebration at his office mm. um he was eating kfc that's the thing his yeah. most favorite thing his most favorite food is kfc mm. so he likes to eat kfc so when the office brought him kfc for the whole office he ate a few kfcs <laughs> yeah. um and it came from there when he came back from home he suddenly felt he got feverish okay and then we all thought it was just a normal fever and then it started become worse it started to feel pain on the abdomen i wasn't i was there during uh during when he fell sick but but then i had to go back to upm yeah first year yeah so when i went back to upm um i had to stay there for class and all also i had some work to do during that time Mm. And then two days late, two days later, he went to the clinic that we all used to go, and then the doctor there said you need to go to the hospital fast because he was developing yellow skin. Jaundice. Mm, It's yeah. A, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure on the detail on that. Yeah. But he was developing the mum kuning lah. Yeah, it was. <coughs> it's probably because of he have problem with liver. Yes, mistaken, right? he so, yeah. has liver malfunction. His liver malfunction. Mm. Okay. So that's the cause of his death. Liver the malfunction. So we called the ambulance and then took him to Sungai Buloh and then the doctor just like, you need, uh, okay, we're gonna do some tests on you, blah blah blah, and then, yeah, for one day. Now this is the one thing that I regret till this day, mm. when. My dad, uh, when my dad went into the hospital, I wasn't there before he was put into induced coma. Mm. This is one of the one of the things that haunted me till this day. I've accepted his death, but what I didn't accept until this day was the fact that I wasn't there at his side during his. I was there during his final days, but I wasn't there during he was conscious. Mm. He passed away during his coma. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Sorry, sorry about. <coughs> so, um, here's the one thing that I really hate about uh, student life is that you have so many things that you have to think about your future, and one of it is doing assignments and all shit. Oh, uh, sorry for the language. Uh, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. I had an assignment during that time, and I couldn't, I couldn't come and visit the hospital in time. Mm. So I stay up late. When I woke up the next day, my mom miscalled me about sixteen times. Mm. I was so damn tired at that time. I woke up around around tengah hari, around the afternoon. And then I just rushed back. So my dad was put into induced coma. In the morning, when I arrived there, my mom was horrified. I, I don't know what to say to her exactly. Why I wasn't there earlier, now and then she told me that my dad kind of kept calling for me. Mm. I wasn't there, so, so yeah. When I arrived there, my dad was already put in coma, and so 
that was the day the last day he would be alive the next day he would pass away due to liver failure and heart condition so mm. i didn't sleep the whole night during mm. that because i stayed out with my mom at the hospital for the rest of the night and i kept researching i still remember i kept just sitting in front of the life uh, what do you call it again life support machine and i kept I kept researching about the about the machine right, on the internet and how to, how it functions and all, um, mm. how the oxygen level works and all, and what are the signs that the body is in problem indicated by the machine and all. Mm. I just kept reading, 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 and mm. then when it, when something weird happens, I would call I would call the nurse. Okay, okay. Just to be fair, during that time I was I was I was in a bad place. Okay. We we were we were uncertain about our future, so of course I would get angry if the nurse didn't show any didn't show any concern about the machine and all because and then regarding the 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 the, the IV bag you know <coughs> the water bag right mm. yeah you you're supposed to I don't know lah okay but the the water bag was okay. empty inside there was empty on the machine. And they didn't change it for the next two hours. Hmm. I thought I thought the IV bag was supposed to be kept. No, oh, you, you didn't tell the nurse. Huh? I did. I did tell the nurse, oh. but she was like, mm, "Meh." Hmm. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's my dad, though. No. <laughs> yeah, sometimes uh. the problem with uh, medical uh, personnel they watch a lot of death, and they're kind of immune to it, I guess. So that's yeah. why they have an approach of uh, taking care of the most sick first, and then yeah, it's it's quite a do- it's quite a daunting thing within the medical industry. But yeah, that's that's kind of the problem that some of the nurses and doctors have uh, when they when you work so in that field for quite a long time, you kind of lost the sense of how can I say. Sensitivity, kind of. Yeah, I see. I guess, but it depends. It it depends on the person itself. Yeah, yeah. perhaps. Uh, okay. I'll continue the story after you you got angry with the nurse, and then I just got angry at the nurse. Uh, almost quarrel with them at some point. Like, why? But then over the over the course of the year, I just it just numbed down mm. on me, and I just. I don't blame anyone because probably that nurse was, she was late in her shift hours and she was probably also tired and all doing her rounds. So yeah, one of the few lessons that my dad told me is that if it happened for a long time ago, just let it go. Just let it go, right? Because there's no point. There's no point mm. in remembering back the things that had just happened. Yeah. It's better yeah. for you to just focus on the future and the present. Yeah. So yeah, afterwards he passed away. The next morning, and he 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 was surrounded by a lot of his friends. I would say half the half the public, the public uh, ward, was filled with his friends and families also. So yeah. And I bet you got like a lot of, how can I say, a lot of support from from. The, your family, extended family, your dad's friend, your friend, and uh, and your significant other, like 
Yeah. Oh no! Oh, that time you don't have any certificate idea yet. Yeah, no, I was. Damn. I did Damn, have. I did have. But we oh. were. But she, she, uh, yeah, she couldn't come because she had some other things that she needs to do, and yeah. But it's okay. It's we're we we're, we're way past that. I'm not. I didn't even blame her for it. You know. Oh, okay. No, it was. I bet it was like so fucking hard for it on you. Nah. And. In terms of support system, right? We, we yeah, we, sometimes we tend to treat our families, friend, and significant significant other differently. differently. Yeah, true. Because of the different level of uh, emotion connection. Yes, true. And yeah, you know, and how how how, what 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 was the different thing between like your support system within your family and then your friend and then your significant other? I would say a tremendous difference because the support system mm. in my family. From both sides, from my mother's side, from my father's side, it's all very, very, very tremendous. Because I think it's due to the fact that my father was well beloved from both sides, so they really, really, really gave us the full support in everything. Yeah, except for a few mm. uncles, though, because yeah, that's family politics. I'm not gonna get. I'm not gonna delve into that. Uh, okay. <laughs> that's family politics. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, fucking uncles. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then okay. How about how about your friends? Friends, friends also have been very, 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 very helpful. Um. Now, friends. Now, it's a bit tricky with friends because there mm. are friends that I would consider friends in a few categories. Will some would be best friends? Some would be just acquaintance. Some would be just friends. That's all. Mm. And how to say this? Ah, eh? a lot of my best friends now those friends are really really good because they will just hit me up and that hey Carl, uh, hey Is, would you like to? Would you want to hang out after this? Want to go lepak di kat uh, Trisker or lepak at some mm. place that I cannot tell. <laughs> Mm. Right, some uh, some places. Uh, dark alley, yeah. No, 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 uh. no. <laughs> okay, but it's not a red light district. No, no, God, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, and then, and then, um, some friends will just like, oh, your dad passed away. Be other people had worse. Oh damn! Seriously? Oh damn! Serious, I tell oh. you. Ada ada orang cantu do babi gila. Like sumpah, <laughs> aku ingat lagi. I still remember it till this day. Uh, that person, I don't know what's what's her beef with me. And then um she and then I was really okay. It was really really understanding why. And FY FYI, this came from my classmate, my current classmate in my faculty, my current batchmate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Damn. She was she was a real bitch. I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. She had the audacity of telling me, "Oh, other people had worse." I'm like, "Fuck you, no fuck you." During this is the reason why I don't enjoy studying at my current faculty right now because the the lack of empathy in these people is so mind boggling, and I'm like, "Oh god, I I just can't wait to graduate," because that's quite a toxic environment you have there. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And then I was dealing with a lot of shit eh, after my dad passed away. 
And of course, I was dealing a lot of shit at home. So my safe place was in college. You know, mm. when I went back to college, I would okay. The first and second year was a really bad year for me because I rarely attend mm. class. Okay, that I know it's a bad thing. I didn't attend class, but mm. it's a form of escape for me because I did wake up for going to class, but then I would just stay in bed. Being in stasis, looking up at the roof, at at the ceiling, and like, uh, I'm so damn fucking tired. It was every day. So due to that behavior, I garnered a few negative, uh, a new, a few negative insight from my classmate, from lecturers, and a few enemies as well because they, I don't know what's their problem. So yeah, and I, I just, I just don't. Uh, it's but it's actually a form of escapism for me. Okay, I was really in a bad mood, mm. in a bad place, in a bad situation, emotionally and psychologically. There was at this one point where mm. I have thought about taking one of my knives and just putting it in my wrist and like you know I'm just gonna. I don't know what I I I felt like. What does it feel like to just slit your wrist? Yeah. yeah. And then at that moment, it snapped. It snapped like you know, like you know what I call this is not you. Okay. This is not you. All right, you're not the person who had you who who usually goes to stuff like this, and you need help. Mm. So yeah, I went looking for help. I went to counseling, a few counseling lah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, and then in UPM. Yeah, in UPM. I went to counseling in UPM for a few times, and then not just that, I started. Um, I started talking more to my friends, and then, you know, all you need during this bad time is someone to listen. They don't need to even. They don't need to respond. They just need to listen to what you have to to what you have to say, because you've been. You've been accumulating all of this thing inside yourself, and you just you wanted you wanted to let it all out, but you don't know how. Okay, and mind you, I was the firstborn, so I had no abang or kaka to tell me or how to grieve. And a lot of my friends are my age, and they also don't know how to grieve properly. Yeah. So I was lost. We're all effed. Yeah, we're all effed up at that type yeah. of stage. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the thing is, you have to find, you have to, you have to figure it all out, all on your own. So you know, when you figure it out all out, when you figuring, when you figure it all out on your own, you also have to take into consideration the fact that you have a little brother, and you have a little sister back at home, and your goal is when you figure this shit out. In a sense, you can tell your little brother and your little sister how you how they can prepare for that thing. So this is the thing that sucks about being a firstborn, lah. Being an anak sulung, because you have, you have no, uh, no abang or kakak or any guide to help yeah, you go get through life. You have to figure it all out. And and during mm. that time, my dad passed away. So I'm like, oh God, I have to be, I have to be. the mature guy in the in the in the house whereas i'm like the mm. most childish guy in the house 
Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh god, it's so hard. <laughs> and it is, it's, it's very hard for you. And then I mean, like you, you're young, and then you need to handle all this shit on your own. And people, the 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 most, I think the most hard thing for for you, I guess, is the the level of expectation on becoming the um the true leader of the family and becoming the how can I say the new um guide 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 for the family. You know, yeah. Talking about expectation, eh? Talking about expectation, that stuff is really, really, really heavy on your shoulder. It's really heavy. That topic, yeah. expectation. Because I was always compared in my family, we have this toxic trait, like you know, in this in the extensive mm. family, we all have this. I don't know. It's a competition among parents to like, hey, I my son can do that. Hey, your son can do that. My son can do this better. Okay, yeah, so it's Asian thing, man. Yeah, it's an Asian <laughs> thing. And then my family is like on the top of the pedestal among all of the other mm. competitions. So. I was always looked upon because I was the son of someone who's a major importance inside the family. So, mm. so everyone, even till this day, when I went to family gathering, they all would say, "Hey, anak nan, anak nan, anak nan." Tuan anak nan, oh, dah besar dah anak nan. Okay, wish anak nan buat apa lah? They don't call me by my name; mm. they call me by my father's name. Mm. And then they all would say, "Yeah, which is a heavy thing." Yeah. Yes, that expectation that's put upon your shoulder because you had to perform in your life in an expected way that follows how your father would go. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I always get compared to with my dad is how he navigates through life, how he studies. All I still remember one of my aunts was like, "Why aren't you like your brother? Why aren't you like your father?" Wow. And I'm like, excuse me, excuse me. My dad, at the age of 21, he doesn't have to deal with any of this shit. He had the opportunity mm. of going study abroad, and studying abroad at that time meant total freedom from parents. What am I stuck with? Huh? Yeah. I'm stuck with here, and it's, mm. and I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that. The circumstances it's that my dad is too different. Yeah. Yes, it's too different. Yeah, and then my dad isn't burdened with the fact that he had to think about the fam- the family's financial situation. He doesn't have to think about paying bills. He doesn't have to think about how uh, his parents were uh, grieving or not. Because still this day, my mom is still heavily affected my father by my father's loss. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't. He doesn't really. All he needs to do in Japan is stay there and study. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm which here, which is easier. Yeah, which is a lot easier. Malaysian university culture. Yeah, and then and then the yeah. situation there during that time is there's a lack of communication internationally. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not like today. Today we can just WhatsApp people from the other side of the globe, just like that. But in the in those times, you had to send mail. So, um, quite a long time to yeah. receive that mail. So, yeah, I said that to my aunt, you know, and she's still like, yeah, but you still could be like your father. I'm like, I was this close, like, bitch. Listen, <laughs> I am tired. Okay, don't, yeah. don't you ever, don't dare to cross me now. Yeah, yeah don't. 
I have my patience also. Yeah, it's it's the lack of empty from the older generation, I guess. Yeah, because, exactly. Uh, being in the Asian culture, we and then it also tend- affects the way you the way you act in life. You know, the way you the way you walk in life. Okay. Hmm. I tried my best to deviate myself from how my father, from the from how my father acts, but in the end. I can't run away from it because when I look back at it, in some ways, me and my father are almost the same. But also, we had our own specialty in the way we walk our life. Mm. Yeah. And mm. when I went when when I went to family meetings and all, my dad, my 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 cousin and all would say, you know what, <clears throat> you when you talk in front of other people, you talk like your father. When you talk behind, mm. when you talk in private, you talk as yourself. So it's like mm. a splitting personality. It's like it's like a merging personality between those two generation, and you're the best product of it. Like oh, I'm flattered. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of, I mean, due to the expectation you got from your extended family, I think you kind of um, how can I say this, uh brings out your dad's persona as a leader because you were taught by him at a young age right yeah so yeah i can understand that the way the reason why you kind of becoming like your father which is a good thing yeah but then here's here's the thing the about leadership eh? is that it's not an easy thing that most other most other people are reluctant to take up with. Leading a family is quite different than leading an organization or leading friends or leading your social class, your social circle. It's really different, you know. Each each social circle demands a different leading attribute, a different leading personality. Now I'm still learning on how to become a good leader based on what I've been taught by my dad, you know. And also one of the things that that's really hard as a leader for you to make that's burdened me every single time is decision making. Because not every decision that you make, even though it is the right decision, doesn't mean it's the most popular decision. True. Yeah? Yeah. Because yeah. some people will just, they think that decision is bad, but it's actually good for them. That's the thing. That mentality is because when you became a leader, you're not sitting below or in the middle. You're sitting practically up on top where you can see everything that's happening under you. So the decision, the decision and the point of view that you're having, the it affects your decision making because you can see practically up there most of the things okay? not all of it but most of the things and you know the inside story of each other person and how they think more too. so it affects your decision making unlike those people in in the lower position of yourself where they think that decision is wrong because it doesn't suit them but rather the mm. leader is thinking that the decision that he's making suits not just himself but all the people that's in his circle mm-hmm. so it's really hard one of the things that's really mm-hmm. hard for me is 
when I make a right decision, but then the people around me were like, you make bad decision. And then the events that followed afterwards, it proved to be true to my, uh, to my speculations and all. And they're still egoistical about uh, saying, oh, you're right. Yeah, they still won't admit. And it's, it, it brought to me till this day some like, some like, shit. Even, if, even when I'm right, you still won't admit it, you know? So, yeah. I think it's probably because of the lack of communication that they want. They don't have. Yeah, possibly. I can't really say this, but I think they they have a close mind about it. Possibly. That's the thing. If you don't open your mind, you don't really open up and to have like conversation with other people, right? Which is a hard thing. So that's the that's the problem where people can't empathize with each other. That's the 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 big barrier, lah. If if I could say, for the lack of better terms, so. And being a leader for 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 me is quite a a lone lone lonesome life, I guess. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's very lonely because you try to navigate this team or this uh, family or whatever. True. And then, not a lot of people like with your style or your your decision. And yeah, I, I can relate a lot about that with you. And yeah, it's true. It's yeah, true. Yeah, that's thing. Well, there's there's different mindset between a leader and a follower. A follower is just that oh I got this thing I just I just do this task that I have in front of me and until it's finished and then I'm done yeah done. Being a leader, you need to think like two, three, five step ahead, and that's that's the the most that's the hardest thing I guess. Yeah, and then you need to to handle with the family or people dynamics and psychology. Yeah, I think in terms of I think you got that a lot from from your family or your university life. From from what being a leader. Yeah, I got that from my dad. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I mean, like the the situation that you're in, like when people people are like uh, doubting you. University, I guess. Confirm university. university. Yeah. 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 I think the 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 problem with university is that. Uh, they're too focused on. It's not. I can't say really that. Uh, they're too focused on giving the kid, the the student the assignments. But for 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 the matter of fact, there's a lot of assignment for university student. And for me, for me personally, each university student is has its own way of thinking depending on the culture of the university itself. Yeah. Now that's a huge difference in gap in the way of thinking between public universities and private universities. This I can really tell because I have also a few friends from public uh from private universities and public universities. Yeah. And it also depends though. Also it also depends on the racial distribution of <laughs> yeah. That I'm not gonna lie. Okay. Yeah. And also I'm yeah. not gonna really touch into that. But it also yeah. plays a huge part in the way university students think. Okay, so for me, I th- a lot of my friends who are a lot more enjoying enjoyable and who are a lot more empathetic and more understanding mm. comes from 
an open-minded uh, social circle. You know, I find it much more easier to talk to them regarding all of these uh, crucial points, these crucial topics, from my friends that are in private universities and also from my friends who, uh, rather than my friends who are in public universities. Because there are just certain topics that you cannot talk with public universities. That's yeah. 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 I think I think the 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 problem with not Malaysian university but universities in problem yeah. nowadays are they they don't generate thinkers. I think they generate they, thinkers. I think I think personally they do generate thinkers, but. Yeah. The form of thinking that they are producing now that's the issue. Uh, yeah, because okay. there's there's always going to be a right wing and a left wing, you know. Yeah, true. Yeah, but the the important thing is that you need you can't really be within the edge of the each wing, right? Because you'll be radical, I guess. Yeah, true. The university itself. Being in the university life itself is very hard for, for certain people. Uh, and and I got a friend. Uh, his story is that, um, his mother passed away. And then, and then he got uh he got this a lot of assignments and practical that he needs to do, and it was taken toll on him. And then he falls under depression, and you know when people depressed like like you did try to sleep and try to do like harm to yourself right and it was was heartbreaking moment for me because uh, um the problem is with when you seeing a friend like grieving and having depression it's kind of hard on yourself because you question you you felt the the guilt guilt that you carry from from you being your friend you don't like take care of him and you don't help him during that tough moment and yeah stick a toll on me i guess and yeah the important thing is i think a lot of people need to become more empathetic and understanding of other people because we walk in a different walks of life and oh yeah 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 i think that's true and also perception love people's perception i've uh, i've also mm. faced hardship hardship because of the perception that the people in my class think that I'm a rich, I'm a rich, I came from a rich family. Mm. I'm, I will say this, okay, just for clarification. I wasn't born into a rich family, but I was born into a family yang senang. Okay. To an easy mm-hmm. family. Okay. We're not rich, but we're comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. So, but a lot of people in my class think tend to think that I'm rich, and they had they had mm. a problem thinking that I don't have any problem because I have money. I'm like, no, it's mm. because I have money that I'm I'm in problem. <laughs> <laughs> Too much money, I guess. But but apa? So yeah. They tend to become less empathetic to people because they think I had money, which I don't mm. personally. Uh, my family does, but I don't. So they think they like to just 
treat me like as if nothing just happened you know oh, that's hard yeah that's really hard yeah. I'm like I mean at least I have a level of understanding I I pernah ke I pernah gaduh dengan apa pernah gaduh dengan budak dalam kelas aku ni because he was he was being very insensitive about something and I hmm. I said that's wrong okay and also because I just got back from work during that time and then he mm-hmm. kept making fun of it and I said stop and then it blew into gaduh dalam group whatsapp ah and I was really tired mm. okay I was really really tired so yeah to the point where I just blow and then people would just in the in the class group would just like hey kal chill lah chill lah kan kau dah kenapa yeah. siang I'm like dude you're talking about bullying you're talking about accepting bullying culture so yeah I'm not gonna accept that I don't know what's mm. your problem with accepting bullying culture it's easy it's like it's easy to to have a perception of someone rather than having the time mm-hmm. and place to talk about it and to settle the differences and have a good communication it's, it's easier i think people think it's easier to just have a perception and and just give the person the judgment and okay um i can move to the next thing and i think that's a very toxic culture yeah true i mean like you you face it your dad's death and then your brother's death and then you need to deal with like the kids in university damn <laughs> yeah uh, but that's life so how, how, yeah yeah life's hard so how did you get like found comfort how, how did you look at positive side oh okay um it wasn't easy you know truth to be told it wasn't easy for you to find comfort it's really not easy because i look com- i look for comfort in all sorts of place legit in all sorts of mm. place a lot of things <laughs> a lot of things there are so, there are places where uh there are places that's bad there are places that's good okay um but one of my earliest recollection of dealing with grief was i know it's kind of bad thing but dancing dancing yeah so bad thing dancing at track uh dancing do you know, do you know track huh track yeah track track okay what's track okay you don't know what's track okay it's okay t r e k t r e c track okay is it a form of music no it's a uh, nightclub oh okay i see yeah yeah i like i said i've done i've done good things and bad things also after my dad's death because i was i was i was really trying to comfort myself in so many ways and i was always i think during that time was also the phase where i'm like really into trying stuff mm, <laughs> like trying new stuff yeah being experimental and all and i did hook up to a few things that i like uh but i think the most way the most the best way for me lah for me personally to deal with uh to find comfort is with friends and family that's all mm. 
being mm-hmm. with friends and families genuine friends uh supportive families and if you're lucky down the lane a good and an understanding significant other yeah i can't understand that because you're handling this much of how can i say it's not a form of burden because you can't really say it's a burden it's a responsibility and yeah, it's, it's a responsibility really it's not and, a burden because and, you are you're tasked with that responsibility okay you inherited that responsibility and i think understandingly from from my age i think it's acceptable uh, for mm-hmm. if you if a person like if a person at the age of me went off road mm-hmm. for a while because practically like i said during those time it was really a confusing time you're trying to figure out all of the things on yourself if i'm not mistaken during 20 no to to the years of 19 years old to 21 years old or no 24 years old if i'm not mistaken so it's a psychological thing um teenagers and adolescents uh, tend to find uh do experimental thing because yeah. they want to find their identity yeah exactly if i'm not mistaken yeah you try to, so basically you're trying to find your identity you trying to find yourself Yeah, because you're and still trying to figuring out, you're still trying to figure out who are you and who who you're supposed to be, but suddenly you show yeah. with the responsibility. Oh, you're supposed to be this. You're supposed to be that. I'm like, but well, I don't yeah. want to be any of those that yet. Okay, mm. I still want to live the rest of my life. I want to still enjoy my youth life. Okay, I'm I'm not mm. into this shit. But then, yeah, it's responsibility. So not not you can treat me like Now the 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 question is how are you going to accept it with a wholehearted, you know? Mm. You don't. <laughs> Truth be told, you don't. But over time, you'll learn, and you kinda uh, assimilate into that responsibility, into that role naturally over time. And yeah, yeah. My best advice for people who are dealing with grief. And who are also dealing with a lot of responsibilities back at home, just like me, or something similar to what I'm facing. It's just that, just do what you want to do. Just do it, right? Nike slogan. If you want to go do, yeah, because you, because if you kept the thinking of, oh, if I did this, it'll bring shame. If you, if I did this, my parents are not gonna be proud of it. Fuck that. Because it's your life. Just don't do something that's really, really bad, ah. But to an extent, do something that makes you feel feel that makes you satisfied. You know, I'm all about uh, a person's liberation. You know, all about freedom. Yeah. Yeah. But you just have to keep in mind the responsibility that you are given that you have to carry on with your shoulder. That's something that you cannot run away. And it's something that you cannot ignore. While you were doing your stuff, also try to better yourself in fulfilling that responsibility. Try to learn. I think taking a break is quite an important thing during that tough time. Yeah. Because when you're taking a break, you can reflect on yourself and and the whole freaking situation that you're facing right now. Yeah. And 
that's the, 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 the most thing people the problem is that people don't really take breaks uh, which is that, that's one of the most important thing in finding people are always yourself. rushing in their life yeah especially yes, yes. university students because they want to rush their degree and just start working start facing their next phase of life and like chill hmm. just relax don't rush you know I don't know what's the problem yeah. with people nowadays is that why do they want to rush so fast? Each people have their own tempo. If you know, if you can mm-hmm. rush things then and you're fine with it, then it's okay. But if you realize that when you're rushing things and you start to see that that action of yours, rushing things are affecting your life, the people surrounding you, then I'd say you should take a break and relax. Yeah. Yeah, that degree True. is not going to go anywhere, unless it's just the end of the world. <laughs> But that degree is uh. not going anywhere. <laughs> All right. Yeah, even cor- even we have coronavirus. Yeah, we still gonna graduate. Chill. Yeah, man. chill. That degree is not uh, going anywhere. Belum kiam lagi. Tanah cakap jatuh, baik. That's all you put Oh my god. <laughs> But, so open-minded. <laughs> but, but like I said, you live at your own time. You're not living in other people's mm. time. So why need the ru- why need to rush? Why do you mm. need to rush? Unless you yeah. have a responsibility that requires for you to rush, then yes, I think you should rush. <laughs> It's all about people's punya yeah. punya life. Yeah, walks of life and Mm-mm. yeah. Yeah, from from what I learned from this podcast, uh, is that people go through stages of grief, and like yourself, you go into stages of denial, anger, bargaining, depression. Yeah, and then lastly, acceptance. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people, it's hard to move on from grief, and it's really and, hard. and it's 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 not uh how can you say it? it's not. It's not a stages that you go and then after it finishes, it stops. You kind of bring that grief alongside with you. It's Some, not how you deal with it; it's how you take it and. I think. I think it, I would like I to quote. Uh, I would like to quote uh, a certain quote from How I Met Your Mother, the TV show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is why. Stinson, is it from Barney Stinson? No, no, this one is not from Barney. This one is legit from Ted. Okay, uh, so Ted quote. Uh, okay. A broken heart only needs time. Only a time, only time can heal a broken heart. True. I say yeah, that's true. true. Okay, because uh, because grief is not something you can just snap out of it. No. Grief is a process, mm-hmm. okay? It goes through. It depends on your own strength as a person, as an individual, okay? Some person it may take a lot of years. Maybe it takes about a decade. Maybe it takes about. And then there are some people who takes about ah, my dad's dead, so about two three years, then it's okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I cannot say. Uh, we cannot put into perception that a lot of people on average will go through uh, will go through grievance for about a, f- a certain of amount of time each per- each person has yeah. their own process has their own uh, way 
has their own way of handling they have their own uh, process they have their own strength individual strength to go through that thing they to go through that thing so yeah yeah guys with that bombshell we're gonna end our podcast and i want to say thank you to Michael for being my guest thank you Iqbal for having uh, me the, yeah he dropped a lot of knowledge bombs uh, <laughs> within this podcast I guess a lot of people are going to benefit from it uh, truth to be so, told so, truth to be told uh, a yeah. lot of things I haven't touched yet you know because when we're talking about experience there's a lot of things that I that, that's, yeah. that I haven't talked about yet so I hope those people who are listening to this i hope you guys learn a few things from what i've from what i have shared and thank you iqbal for having me thank you very You're much welcome, man. Yeah. yeah all right with that see you guys later bye bye <laughs>